Hello, everybody. This is a very, 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 very special episode. I made it one of my goals for 2020 that this podcast was going to have more guests on it to talk about very interesting topics. And today, I'm fulfilling on that promise. Today, I have a familiar face on the podcast, familiar voice, mm-hmm. rather, because you guys have never seen her face nope. on the podcast because you listen to it. Um, it's a secret. It's a secret. It's a secret. <laughs> no, but uh, today I have Miss Reen here with me. Hello. Hello. <coughs> it's like I'm dying. Are you sick? No. I promise I'm not sick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I have Miss Reen here with me today talk about photography which Mm -hmm. many of you may not know is a little passion of mine and a big passion of hers and uh photography is how we came into contact with each other as well yes we had a class together yes at school yes we did and um so yeah i'm just gonna we're just kind of gonna talk (laughs) about photography and what that kind of means to us and I don't know we're just gonna have a discussion and see where it takes us Mm -hmm. and hopefully you guys are along for the ride and you find this interesting I definitely find this interesting I'm gonna try and make it as not boring as possible I mean it's not gonna be boring to me I mean it's my podcast I can whatever I think is interesting is gonna be on here so that's true so (laughs) so anyway um Photography, Photography. very big, big, big part of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And for a long time, I would assume. Kind of. Kind of. Kind of. How about you walk us through, like, the beginning of it being kind of like a passion of yours and how that happened? Well, I've always liked taking pictures, even when I was a kid, but that was mainly just because, like, if I was at an event, my mom always raised me, like, not on purpose, but she was always taking pictures, so she just kind of got me in the habit of, like, oh, take pictures with your friends, take pictures of everything, so you have memories to look back on, and, um, my dad took photography kind of seriously, he, like, he attempted to run his own little freelance business at one point, um, so I, like, grew up around cameras, kind of, and he would let me play around with his so between the two of them, I was like, pictures are important. Um, but it only really became like a passion when I took a film class my senior year of high school. Black and white. Yeah, I thought it was going to be digital. And then I showed up <laughs> to class and they were like, we're working with 35 millimeter film cameras. And I was like, okay. I wasn't like disappointed, but I was like, all right, something new. This is going to be cool. And it was it was fun. And then I just, I just spent my whole last year of high school in the darkroom I would go to study halls and I would develop stuff I would walk around school and take pictures me and my friends would sneak out of study hall and we would walk around and we would take pictures and then we'd stay after school and develop them and it was like it was it was it very quickly became a big thing and then after that I just started taking it more seriously it's pretty cool Mm-hmm. What was, do you have a memory of any, like, special photo or favorite photo that you took when you were in high school? 
took a lot. Um, I think my favorites were taking pictures of um, my friends. There's a couple... You had friends. Surprisingly, I did, yeah. <laughs> as weird as I was, I had friends. Um, there's one that I took of a couple people in journalism class, and we were just bored and messing around, so I have pictures of them. Um, and there's another picture I have of two other two other friends where we were kind of just walking around in the halls. I'm pretty sure we were supposed to be in class, but we weren't. Or one of them was definitely supposed to be in the class, and he wasn't. And the two of us were supposed to be in study hall. And you're not supposed to walk around the school in study hall, but, like, nobody ever said anything to us, so we just kind of kept doing it. <laughs> My goodness gracious. So I have... Um, Don't worry, I did the same thing in high school. I have one friend. We, we just... I think she was on his back. Oh, I think I've seen this picture. Yeah, she was on his back, and they were just goofing around, and it was just it was just a really funny picture. So that was cool. They were really good models, all my friends, because they were just crazy. <laughs> but they were so much fun. I never really... I don't think I ever met anybody that... Well, I mean, I didn't get into photography until I was in college. Mm -hmm. So... I guess then, by extension, any friend I've had since becoming a photographer has been a good model for me. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. Yeah, because all my friends were in my photography classes. Yeah. Um, so that's interesting. So after high school and you go to college, and what are you majoring in when you start out coming to NECC? When I started NECC? Yes. I was a psych major. Okay, just a psych major. Just And you yeah. switched to psych and art. Yeah, like oh. a year or so into it. Are you double majoring or is one a minor? I don't think Northern Essex has minors, so you have to double major. Okay, so, so. you're double majoring in mm -hmm. art and psychology. Yeah, and I did that because I wanted to take more photography classes, um, but I didn't have any more electives in my psych like block, mm -hmm. so they were like, financial aid will not pay for it unless it's your major. So I had to add on the other major so that I could continue uh, taking classes and not pay like a thousand dollars. Yeah. For because I wanted to take advanced photography, or no, I wanted to take something. I wanted to take something, and they were like, "We're not going to pay for it, so you have to double major." And I was like, "Okay, I guess I'm a double major now." I remember uh, when we were in the dark room one time, and you came up to me and you were like, "Look, I'm so happy that it says this now," and it was like psych slash art. Yeah, I had the paper. I was so excited. <laughs> um, so then, before, so we were in advanced photography together. Mm -hmm. um, before that, what photography classes had you taken? At NECO, I had just taken the intro to film. Okay. And was that like, how was that class? It was fun. It was very, it definitely wasn't as social as advanced was. Yeah. Everyone kind of kept to themselves. And the age range was a lot more varied. So it was like, there was adults, there was people who were about to graduate NECO, there were people who had just started NECO. Mm -hmm. So it was almost kind of hard to make friends because everyone was just in such a different place. Yeah. We just kind of wanted to make our photos and get out. Mm. Um, I did make one friend though, Brianna. Yes, and Brianna. By the end of the semester, we were usually developing together. And then Devin. Devin. It was me, Brianna, and Devin. And Devin's that was, awesome. Dude, Devin is so cool, and he takes such good photos. 
He does. Like every time his I see Instagram his photos, is like rivals the Discovery Channel Instagram. Oh my gosh, I don't know how he does it. He's like. He's just really talented. Yeah. And he has a really good work ethic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a couple classes with Devin. I had we took three dimensional foundations together. Mm-hmm. Actually, my first class I had at NECC was I had film class, like video class. Oh, fun. And we were both in the same video class, mm-hmm. uh, which was fun. And it was so funny because, so, I met Devin there, and like me and Devin, <laughs> we made an anti Donald Trump ad. It was one of our. It was hilarious. <laughs> It was hilariously bad, is what it was. That's um, pretty funny. And then, um, oh, but he was cool. He made it. He made like a music video for like some emo band song. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Some one of those song. One of those bands that like I don't know. Thirteen year old girls like to listen to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> he was. He was a very interesting person. Yeah, and then um, but it was amazing. Yeah. And I did like a wedding video, and then um. So that, and then there was this other chick in that class, and when I started working security, mm-hmm. that other chick worked at the site that I worked at yeah. in Lawrence. She was from New Hampshire, mm-hmm. so that was interesting. She didn't remember me, which I was happy for, <laughs> because I could kind of like restart, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and I could like talk to her, and she didn't have to uh, yes. remember that I made anything. Mm-hmm. I like that's how I like to meet people, them not knowing that I do anything at all. So that was fun. She was very. But, like, she would, she had to train me, so that was very interesting. So mm-hmm. we talked a lot about movies and stuff like that, making movies. That's cool. I think that's what she wanted to do. I don't really remember what she wanted to do. Yeah. But she was definitely interested in movies mm-hmm. and making movies and horror movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. So that was just an interesting thing. But anyway, Devin. Mm-hmm. And then we had 3D together with Diane Pappas, who, which was a trip. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Devin's just a cool dude. Yeah. I freaking love Devin. We would, me, him, and Brianna, we would stay after for like the extra hours, and we'd be there till like seven, eight o'clock at night. Bro. And he would always, he, <laughs> for some reason, we were always playing Ariana Grande because he loves Ariana Grande music. So we would just have that going in the in the dark room where we were developing, and we'd be in there for like hours. Yeah, there's anything about Devin is that he's a character. Mm-hmm. Did he have dreads? No, he had very very short hair. Okay, so that was post dread Devin. I knew yeah. Devin when he had dreads. This was, had this very... was like right before he moved to Mexico. Yeah, he had very yeah his girlfriend was in Mexico. Yeah, he had very long dreads, and he uh, worked at Best Buy, mm-hmm. and I remember. Um, the day I had video class, I went to Best Buy that night because he was like, you need a hard drive. So I went to go get a hard drive and Devin sold me the hard drive. (laughs) I got there and I was like, yo, Devin. He was like, oh, are you here? He goes, you're from, and I was like, yeah. And I was like, I'm here to get, he was like, the hard drive? I should probably get that. (laughs) (laughs) He's freaking, he's funny. He was dope. I remember the la- the very last day of class, we all came in for some reason. Oh, we were scanning photos. We were handing stuff in, and we were scanning photos, and the three of us were the last ones there, and we just didn't really have anything else to do, so we just hung out in the room, and we ended up, like, drawing on each other, so I walked away with, like, a turtle on my face, because Devin wanted to draw a turtle on my face. Devin is... <laughs> 
he's he's funny yeah i freaking love devin he's such a cool dude i wish i uh i wish i was still in contact with devin yeah same he's just awesome but anyway so yeah see so made some friends mm-hmm. what was your favorite photo you took in that class in, here are in, some of your favorites in intro yeah in intro i took some of my favorite photo- photographs ever in my intro class um i took this one of a chandelier at a hotel in Boston and the angle was like I was right underneath the chandelier so you just kind of saw like a circle of light and that came out really nice and then um I combined it with something I can't I don't I don't remember what I combined it with but it was just cool and then I didn't take these photos in the class but I developed them in class because like the summer camp that I went to had a dark room but I didn't get to make a lot of friends because the guy who was running it was still learning how to use a dark room, so we didn't yeah. really have a lot of time. <laughs> but I took some cool ones there of just like the people walking around. That's pretty dope. So those are fun. What was your like uh, intro? Is such an interesting class when I took it anyway. Mm-hmm. I had such a colorful array of people in my <laughs> intro class. Um, but that was where I had made, that was where I got into photography because there was a girl in there who was really into photography and we'd like talk about it and like, I don't know, it was just, it was just interesting. But and then also Biff was amazing. Biff was and quite he was, a teacher. He is such a, a interesting person. <laughs> he scared me a little bit when I first started taking the class. Really? Or he didn't scare me, but he confused me constantly. I'm like, who is this man? Who is like this in real life? Biff is. Yeah. And then by the end of the semester, I loved him. But, like, at first, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. He's just so... <laughs> dang it. Now i got to put an explosive Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But, yeah. He's just, like... He's weird. So, Biff Ward ran the photography program at our school. And he is just a character. Um, mm-hmm. He likes... Uh, uh, what's it called? Grind music? I don't know. Ugh, whatever. He likes this, like, British rap. And, like, he listens to all these Brit- grime, music. grime music. Grime. He loves grime music. He also has a passion for tracksuits. And he, oh, yes. He likes to wear, yeah. like, Adidas tracksuits. Like, he's, like, a run, mm-hmm. uh, like a member of Run DMC. Yeah, he had, like, the cap and everything. Yes, he had a cap that said, like, Lit AF. And he, and he was, like, he just, like, loved that stuff. Bro, when he would come in with the tracksuits and stuff like that and he would like and he just like unironically would wear it like he just liked it yeah like he just liked to wear it which i can respect that he was, was just kind of be was him. he was like a walking meme though but it was <laughs> but it was hilarious and he would use like words like we use mm-hmm. i think deep down biff wanted to be young again i think, I so think he feels like maybe he didn't do enough in his younger years yeah. Because, you know, he was always, like, really encouraging, he too. Was. He was always, like, you gotta go after whatever it is that you want, and, like, you just gotta do what you love. Yeah. Which I liked about Biff. He was a really awesome person. He was probably the most supportive teacher at that school. Oh, for sure. Or probably one of the most supportive art teachers I think I've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. I would say so. Yeah. He didn't like to, like, limit people, either. 
mm-hmm. which was interesting. It's like when he would give us our assignments, like they weren't restrictive assignments. He was just kind of like, go take this many pictures and just try and make them as cool and something you like as possible. Exactly. He was very lenient with like giving us the creative license. Yeah. Which is is nice, but it was also at first it was kind of nerve wracking. Yeah. Because I'd been so used to having art teachers that were like alright, you're gonna do this, 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 and this, and I want it to look like this. Yeah. And it's like, they tell you how to do it, so you were, I was just kind of used to being told what to do. And then he was like, here's a camera, here's some film, go nuts for a whole semester. And I was like, okay. Yeah, which is what I liked, and I appreciated a lot about his class, because I always felt very frustrated by art classes mm-hmm. because of that, yeah. because of that, like, restricted nature. And a lot of people like that, like that structure and stuff like that, because they have a clear idea of what they want to do. I feel like it messes up, like, the stand- the standards that you hold yourself to, though. Yeah, maybe. Because, like, in, when I was in high school, we had this one art teacher. Like, she was horrible. <laughs> she was awful. She was, like, she had a very specific art taste, and she would teach us how to make art based on her personal tastes. Mm. And if we didn't do it, then she would, like critique us super hard and make us feel like we didn't know how to do art because we like weren't living up to her tastes and then the students that could do it they were like they were favored hardcore like one girl she loved her so much she like put her in charge of doing a whole mural for the school that's right and it was like i don't have any problem with her doing it but it was like a lot of the kids in my class were like oh i'm such a bad artist i can't do this i can't do that like they all got really discouraged because they were like I can't make art based on her views, so that must mean I'm bad. Like, that was the mentality they were walking away with. And it's like, when they give you so many instructions, it's like, it can go either way. Yeah. And then, and obviously there's a school of thought to, like, the more restrictions you have, the more creative you become. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know I just know the conditions I prefer to work under. (laughs) Yeah. And I definitely appreciate it biff's kind of hands-off approach to it and his just kind of like we're just going to make photos and i just want you guys to come into this class and make photos that you like and just be just get good at and just develop your skill as photographers and you're going to take tons and tons of tons of photos and i just want you to do that until you guys are trying to, until you guys are starting to find who you are as a mm-hmm. photographer, which is important. Yeah, like guidance can be nice. Yeah, but sometimes it's also nice to just be like, show me what you can do. Yeah, and black and white photos are interesting because it's like a challenge. It's a process. Now, what's what was your biggest challenge uh, doing that? Because I can tell you what mine was. <laughs> um. was it called oh okay there were two things okay one was borders 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 are horrible borders are rough i hate borders so much they are hard i don't know what it was with those the the thingies the the border maker thing yeah i don't get it you would think you'd have it perfectly set up and then it was like psych i'm gonna mess you up yeah i know those things were rough but well the contact sheets I hated those. Really? I never, I like, I just stopped making them after a while. Oh. I was like, I don't need these. They're so annoying. Okay. I literally have only made like two contact sheets in the entirety of being in that class, mm-hmm. in both of those classes. I 
never wanted to do it. I was just like, at this contact sheet crap, I'm just going to develop. Which, in hindsight, I think, um, was a bad decision. Mm-hmm. Because I think it would have saved me a lot of paper <laughs> That's to true. have done the contact really sheet. Fast. I did. I was running well, out of paper Well, did you do really test bad. strips at least? No. Okay, that's like necessary. Test strips are necessary. I would never do test strips or anything. Dude, why? Because I hated them. I just wanted to make the photo. I know, but you can't make the photo without the test strip because you don't know how much light you need. I would just... Well, the thing is, I got good at like gauging mm-hmm. what... Like, I would look at my negative, and I would go, okay, I probably need, like, 400, 600, 800 for about mm, eight seconds. Mm. And I would, like, get it right most of the time, because I had gotten used to just, like, knowing what the light conditions would do Yeah. Um, to certain photographs. So it's not like it was necessarily, like, <laughs> something, like, super hard for me. Yeah. I don't know. I just got good at knowing what what I should probably do to get the photo exposed correctly. I see. Um, so I'd try and do that, and then everything was just, like, shadows everywhere. <laughs> or it was super white. It was either overexposed or underexposed. There was no in-between. <laughs> I had to do test strips. <laughs> you had to do the test strips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I just was just like, why would I? I just, like, didn't want to do it. I just wanted every everything I made to be a photo. Yeah. So... What was your biggest challenge? It was making those. The test strips? Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, it was usually that. Um, because I guess most of my, like, biggest challenge... My biggest challenge in photography was taking pictures. Was taking well-exposed pictures to begin with. Oh, okay. Sometimes I would just... Sometimes I would jack it up, and I would be like, oh, this is too low light. Oh, shoot. Mm-hmm. And then I would just be like, oh, in developing the film, mm-hmm. sometimes it would just go terribly wrong. Yeah. What? What was that? You? Where? Who poured something into my that film? Was oh. That was me. <laughs> you poured, I thought you had emptied it, and I you put poured it the... in, and it came out freaking pink. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> my whole roll of film that was ruined. I'm so sorry. That was. I owe you a roll of film. You do. That was rough. I felt kind of bad. I'm so sorry. I remember, I remember that happening mm. and being like, I remember just being like, I worked so hard on that roll of film. I know. <laughs> did you Did you get any pictures out of no. that? No. Oh no. It was all. I'm so up. sorry. <laughs> it was all. It was all either like pink or just clear. You can you can ruin um, a, fi- a roll of film no, one day I, for I, me. No, I would never do that to anybody. I would wish them my worst enemy. I'll let you get even. <laughs> no, I don't want to get even. Yeah, that was rough. That was. I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah, that process though, that was scary. That, that was, was nerve wracking. That was doing that whole thing because you were like following the directions, but like you would never know. You never know if you're gonna get this amazing roll of pictures, or if you're gonna pull it out and everything's just messed up. Yeah, or it's all just a blank strip. I hated those moments so much. Yeah, I was always. <sighs> and putting into the heater, and then you were scared like the heat was gonna ruin it. Because right. he would like make a big deal out of it. What scared me is that I would we would all put our film in together, and then I wasn't always the one controlling the heat. And like I know you can walk over there and like stop it, but sometimes people would just keep the heat going, and I'm like, bro, you're gonna mess up all the negatives. Shut it off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that was just something that was like 
that was just scary yeah. going through that process because you just don't know yeah you just have no clue and it's like this is all your pictures I did like that he had the bags for us to do it in though so mm-hmm. that way we didn't have to stay in the dark those were scary too because in high school we just had like this little closet and it was like pitch blacks and you just had to stand there and like open it up and everything Ugh, I don't like that it was it was creepy that is creepy especially when you like stay after and the whole school is pretty much empty and you're just in a closet <laughs> it's in a closet and you're like please don't let anyone come out at me or something yeah that's weird no so and then when you got to advanced photography ooh yawning <laughs> did you ever take any of the digital photography classes at NECO I did after advanced photography oh really I, yeah I took the first one okay you were you came to that class with me. Oh, well, that's... Remember you showed me Photoshop stuff that one day? I did. Yeah. I have pictures on my Google Photos that you edited because you were showing me stuff. Remember because we were going to um, use the Lightroom, but then he said, the president said, I can't let you use it anymore, so you ended up just staying there and we edited photos for like an hour. Crystal was in that class. Oh, shoot. Yes. I'm sorry. This has been so long. Crystal Garabedian, mm-hmm. another person I had 3D with. Yes. She was great. I went to high school with her. Yeah. She's, she's, she's sweetie. She is. I love her. She's so fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What did I... I had digital. I had digital and I had film at the same time, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. Well, you're just an art major. So you were just constantly taking multiple art classes. I had so many art classes. Biff was like, okay, we need to load up on these art classes. Yeah. I'm like, I have one art class every other semester. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah. So like, yeah, I did digital photography and that was fun. It wasn't like as fulfilling as film. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I also wasn't as good at digital photography. Really? No. Now I am. Now I'm yeah, now better. you are. No, I'm not that great, but like now I'm like better than I was back then. Uh, yes, you are. No, no. Yes, you are. Don't, don't. The palm tree photo with the sunset? That was alright. Like, bro, I wish I could get shots like that, okay? <laughs> I wish I could take photos like that. I didn't even leave my room to get that. Oh, no, that's a lie. Wait, what? No, I didn't even leave my room to get that photo. Oh, I mean, when you live in California, I just pointed the my stuff ca- is just everywhere. I just pointed my camera out the window. Ugh. You don't know how much I miss palm trees. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when I came back from California, I was like, where are all the trees? <laughs> it's weird. It's awesome. It's weird. When I saw that photo, I was like, oh, shoot. That is like, those are on palm trees for so long. Mm-hmm. And you come here and I see these trees, I'm like, these are weird trees. Right? But then I'm like, weird trees. They're all just trees. These are the trees I've been living in my whole life. What happens when you go away? You come back and everything's weird. That was such a dumb decision. <laughs> but um. I'm gonna hold my comments on that. <laughs> <laughs> you like, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I'm just. That's another conversation for another time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so. But yeah, I, I just wasn't as good at digital photography, but I definitely got a lot better at it. Um, and I've been improving on my skills in Lightroom and Photoshop mm-hmm. greatly as of recently. So, 
I feel better about my digital photography skills. It's good. But it's weird because it is kind of like super convenient. It's it is. very convenient. And I'm scared that I'll never be able to enjoy film photography the same way. Because of how difficult it is? Not even because how difficult, but also it's like just restrictive. That's true. But I realize. Like it's if also I, expensive. Yeah. If I were to take digi- if I were to take film photos now, I would send them off to get developed. Mm. I don't know if I would be developing per se. Um that's part of Which the is, fun. I know. And that's that's like, part of the whole I, process. But the thing is, well, if I took, like, color film, because I also want to do color film. That's true. I have to send that off. Like, I wish they had color film at Neko. That would be great. Black and white. And the thing is, I'd like to have a dark room, like, in my house in mm. the future. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's something that I'll have to jump back into at some point. Mm-hmm. But... I know digital photography is definitely something I'm enjoying a lot more than I ever have now. Yeah. So, you know, that's fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. How do you, which one do you prefer? I like, I like both equally. But which one do you prefer? I don't prefer either one. Because nah. they both have pros and cons. That's true. Because, like, with film, um, it's a lot harder. It's a lot more frustrating. <laughs> um, it's a, it's more... I don't know if it's more expensive, but it is kind of costly because you have to constantly Way buy the paper. Expensive. It's so much more expensive. You have to buy the paper, you have to buy the film, you have to... You have to buy sheets to put the film in, you need to buy... Exactly, you need, like... If you don't have a dark room, you have to build a dark room. Right. Or you yeah. need to, like, go to a place and... Because there are places in Boston you can go and, like, you pay for, like, yeah. a few hours, so you have to pay for that. Um, or you have to pay to send it away. Yeah. Like, you're just kind of constantly putting money into this thing. And if you love it, then it's worth it. Yeah. Um, but digital, you just like you one, you get one down payment on a camera, one down payment on an SD card, one down payment on a computer. Exactly, and you're good to go. And then you get like a monthly subscription to something, or not even a monthly, just subscription to anything, because you can kind of just edit them wherever now. Right. I think if I was gonna do a photo shoot, I would use digital, mm-hmm. especially with people. Yeah. When I'm taking. Because you can guarantee the quality. Well, not even that. It's there's that, and there's also like, if you're taking a photo shoot with people, it you need multiple tries to get it right. Yeah. Because I don't know, we've done photo shoots. You take multiple pictures of the person to get the right one. Mm-hmm. So it's it's better in the sense that you can see the picture, you know how it came out, you know if you need to take another one or not. With film, it's more like if you're trying to just be extra artistic (laughs) Extra in my sense well because like if I'm just walking around taking pictures by myself and I want to practice then or if I really want to capture something in black and white then yeah I'll use film but if I'm doing something time consuming and lengthy then I'm going to use digital because the odds of the picture coming out better Mm -hmm. are higher I would like to do like street photography and color film Mm -hmm. like and just like I don't know if I'm going to do color film I feel like if I want to do it like I want to have the same approach I would have to say um like people like um Vivian Meyer right mm-hmm. who she just kind of walked around just snapped photos of things she thought were interesting mm-hmm. on the street um, there's a great documentary you should watch 
called Finding Vivian Meyer. I feel like you told me about this oh, before. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. like the best documentary I've ever seen about photography. And she was just like a nanny. Mm-hmm. And nobody knew. Yeah. She didn't become famous until after she died. Nobody even knew she took photos until after she died. That's crazy. And they just found a hum- like they just found tons and tons of prints and negatives of just like hundreds of photos that she had taken. Mm-hmm. And she like ultimately became one of the most prolific and widely celebrated street photographers of all time. And it's just awesome. It was awesome to see, especially in that documentary, it was really awesome to just see how they, like, put it together. Mm-hmm. And they were, like, everything they were learning about her through her photography yeah. and stuff. Because she was, like, she was just some person. Come in, take care of the kids, leave. Nobody ever thought was that interesting. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden it was, like, She's what? a genius. It, yeah, it was, like, oh, shoot, this woman is one of the greatest photographers of all time. Mm-hmm. So I, I feel like that. Like, I would just... Because when I see those photos, I feel like a lot of times I just like the, like, authenticity of, like, that in-the-moment feeling that they have. Yeah. So I think of a lot about... And I get inspired a lot by movies. Like, there's a movie, Carol, which um one of the main characters in that movie, played by Rooney Mara, uh, Therese, she, has, she walks around with, like, a... a I think it's a black and white camera mm-hmm. in the movie and she just takes pictures all the time and the movie is like graded and the look of it is to look like almost like if it is it's it's like shot in like 35 or 16 millimeter and it almost looks like just the entire time like if it is a movie taken from just really fast photography mm-hmm. that was being taken in the period so I really really just enjoy that type of stuff so but I don't know Mm -hmm. it also helps if you have access to a dark room yeah because if the dark room in Echo was still open I'd be I'd be I would be using my film camera a lot more bro we would be there all the time I would be there you'd be out of state oh my god (laughs) I would come in the summer I'm just kidding yeah, no, it would be great. I wish that was just open to students. I don't know. I don't even know if they're still doing classes. I don't think so. Because now that they got rid of this, they have to keep hiring teachers from other places. This college is stupid. It is. I'm glad I'm leaving soon. <laughs> yeah. They totally, like, destroyed that art program. I know. It's so sad. It's upsetting. Question. Mm-hmm. What is your, like, when you take photos and stuff like that, what is, like, your approach to, like, doing that? What is, like, some of your method and stuff like that? My method? I don't know. Like, when you go and take photos, like, what are you thinking about? And what are you, like, trying to do, essentially? And maybe it's multiple things. Um, so, like, what are, like, examples? I don't even know if I have a method. <laughs> I kind of just point and shoot. And, and, and take pictures. Kind of, yeah. I don't know. I... I don't know. I try and take pictures that will help show how I see things. Um, I kind of think of, like, the viewfinder as, like, an extension of my eyes, if that makes sense. So, I don't know. I'm just trying to 
capture what's important or what looks cool. There really is no method. I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. I just take pictures. Well, they're really good for somebody who doesn't know what they're doing most of the time. Like, I know how to use a camera, and I know how to do, like, the manual settings and stuff, mm-hmm. if that's what you're talking about. But they're, I don't know if I have, like, a, like a system. Okay. It's kind of just whatever happens in the moment. I take pictures of what I think is important. Is there anything you, like, particular, partic- particularly like aesthetically when you're I- taking pictures? Is there, like, a favorite thing you enjoy taking pictures of? I love sky pictures. Sunsets, sunrises, any any time, really. I just, I really like the sky. That's cool. Yeah. Is there, like, a dream place that you wish you could go to photograph? I feel like lately I've been thinking about Italy a lot. Um, it just, it feels like there are so many areas to get good pictures and to get different kinds of pictures because you could get scenic pictures you could get um street photography people walking around which i think i would be very interested in because it's like you get to see people living a whole different kind of life than you're used to over here which would be amazing to see i've probably just been thinking about like i've wanted to go there but also I think it's just been in my head lately because Neko has like that study abroad mm-hmm. thing Yeah, they're going to Italy in June um, but I'll be graduated so <laughs> that's not happening <laughs> um, I, yeah, I would go to Italy if I had the chance when the first time I ever felt like I wanted to go to Italy I was watching The Godfather with mm-hmm. my dad and we rented it on on demand because I was like, I want to see The Godfather. And my yeah. dad was like, you have to see The Godfather since you love movies so much. Mm. So we watched it, and I just remember being captured because there's a whole portion of that movie that takes place in Italy because Michael goes to Italy. I believe it's to, like, escape possible assassination, mm-hmm. right? So he goes into hiding in Italy. He marries this young girl, Apollonia. And it's, like, just a really, like, beautiful, like hills and stuff like that like he goes to the countryside it's really awesome but then this love was reignited when i watched call me by your name Mm. and it's a very different part of italy uh in that movie and i was just like that's freaking it's like a step back in time i mean that movie takes place in like 1983 yeah but like it but that's like the italy of like like the 19 tens mm-hmm. right so it's like really fascinating to look at it is. and you get a sense that like the way people are living there the way people have lived there for over 100 years which i really really enjoy kind of that aesthetically so yeah i think that movie definitely made me want to go to italy yeah. as well like when i watched it for the first time because before i was very focused on like paris Mm. And then I saw the movie and I was like, mm, maybe Italy instead. <laughs> Paris is interesting. I feel like, weirdly enough, it feels over-romanticized now. Because I feel like that just kind of gets shoved down people's throats. Maybe a lot a over bit. here are just how amazing Paris is. Paris is so amazing. That's not, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. It probably is. But I'm sick and tired of hearing about how amazing Paris is. <laughs> 
It's like when you hear a song over and over and over and over again. Even if it's a great song, if you have everyone around you and the radios and it's all just shoving it down your throat and you can't get it out of your head, eventually you're going to be like, I don't want to listen to this song anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it's jacked up because then I find movies that like take place in Paris, like sometimes they're just boring Mm. looking to me because I'm like, I've seen this in movies so many times before. Like, when will it end? Yeah. Like, ugh. Watch you go to Paris, and you're like, this is the most amazing place in the See, world. See, but I bet you I would, because it's uh, probably way different in person. Well, living it is always going to be different than watching it on a yeah. movie. Yeah, but the thing is, the first time you see it in a movie, you're like, oh my god. I love it. And then by the hundredth time, you're like, okay, we're here again. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like I never feel like that about Italy, because I feel like I never see movies that take place in Italy. That's because it's only used for, like, specific things. Yeah. It's not just a general... Whatever. And you never get like there's not an oversaturation of like amazing Italy movies. Mm-hmm. Like mainstream Italy movies. No. That people enjoy. It's like <laughs> hopefully you guys can't hear that ringtone that's going on in the background. It's just incredible. I don't even know how this is happening. It's like country and EDM mixed together. Ah. A little bit. <laughs> it's so weird. Oh my goodness. Cool. So question. What's your favorite photograph you've ever taken? Oh boy. I don't know. I have a lot of good ones. Or not even good ones, just one that I ones that I like. Um I like a lot of I like some of my nature ones. Nature? Yeah. Like the ones I took of the sunrise on the mountain. Oh, okay. They yeah. weren't they didn't come out the best. But I just like the fact that you can see the sun yeah. as it's moving up that was the sky. Wild. That was crazy. That was like an event. That was amazing. I, oh. And then there are a couple ones. Um there are some that I like because those are the they helped me learn how to use Lightroom mm-hmm. better. Like, there was one of a leaf on a bunch of rocks that came out really nice. And it was the ones with the lily pads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was a good one. Those, because sometimes I'm using Lightroom and I'm like, I made the picture worse. How did I make the picture worse? <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> and then there are other times where I'm like, yes, I nailed it. I actually kind of know what I'm doing this time. Yeah. So, yeah, I like the nature ones. When you use Lightroom, what do you ever try to go for a look? I go based on what I think that picture needs. Okay. So, yeah, they're I they're all they're all, they all come out different. I don't. I I think right now I'm learning mostly how to get the colors right, hmm. like how to give it enough so that it looks vibrant, but also not too much that it comes out looking just like gross. Like weird, oversaturated. Yeah. Yeah. Like I never touch the luminance bar because it, it, it just messes it all. Like, sometimes I'll nudge the saturation up a little bit, but I don't know. Yeah. You also take photos not really in RAW ever, because I don't think your camera shoots in RAW. Not the way yours does. And then, well, there's RAW and then there's, like, log, which is, like, I shoot in RAW and in log, (laughs) so, like, that's something. I think mine's just log. Well, you just shoot with, like, you shoot with, like, a normal color profile. Yeah. Which, like, comes pretty much, like, looking almost like how it does. Yeah. So, and I shoot in, like, a very flat 
I shoot super flat and I shoot raw because I like just having literally like the entire possibility to do whatever. Yeah. And like, I don't know. That's just also because I make shorts and I make movies and that's like color grading is something I want to get like really good at. Mm-hmm. So I like force myself to have to practice every single time I shoot something by shooting in log. That's a good idea. Um, yeah. So I really enjoy that. But my dad has this theory. He has so many theories. He has this theory about photography because, um, you know, we came. There was an art show at Neko last semester. Mm-hmm. So he was looking around at all the photos and he was like complaining about the photographs that people had up there because they were edited and apparently according to his theory if you take a picture and you edit it it's no longer a picture he said it now becomes a painting (laughs) which doesn't make sense because those are two completely different types of mediums and I don't understand how you can think that just because you edit like I don't know there are a lot of people who are like oh if you edit a picture then it's like it's no longer a real picture See, but I don't get that. but there's a difference between photoshopping a picture to make it look like something else, and then there's editing it to like bring out the best in the picture. And yeah. like people weren't. I think there was one picture where it was like some of the stuff was in black and white and some of the stuff was in color. And he was like, "Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why they go and edit this stuff. It, it doesn't make it a photograph anymore." And then I was like. Um, Dad, I edited both my photos that I have up here. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> See, I don't get that either. And I think maybe some of that has to do with the old generation and the new generation. Maybe. Because they didn't have that type of stuff, that technology that we have. And maybe there's a little of, like, jealousy about that. And the idea of, like, you have it too good now. Hello? And I wouldn't, and I don't ever understand how people can feel like that. Because if anything... If I was in an older generation, and I, and I, like, time goes on, right? And mm-hmm. filmmaking is, like, amazing, and there's, like, I don't know, some sort of new technology, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You can shoot in your camera to make it look exactly like what you want it to look like or whatever and never, ever have to touch color ever, right? Mm-hmm. If that happened, I would literally be, like, ecstatic because now I would be like, hey, you guys don't have to go through the struggle that I went through having mm-hmm. to color stuff exactly. for hours. And then you could learn it yourself. And then on top of things with it. Yeah, but at the same time and at the same time in terms of like editing photos, like using Lightroom and stuff. Mm-hmm. I never it's weird to hear somebody say that because I feel like the goal of a photographer, right? When you make your photograph, right, you want it to be what you want. So why does adding tools that help you make the photograph what you wanted to make it, make it not a photograph? I think in his mind, you're a good photographer if you can take the picture and write that in there and make it look good or look the way it's supposed to. But that's impossible. I know. Which is the thing. I know. It's impossible unless you... But or a black and white photographer but even then when you're developing that photo you're adding filters so you can get more contrast you're you're playing around with the light yeah you're fixing the the exposure after the fact so there's never no such unless you literally were to have a digital camera you went snap that's it that's the photo that's the only way possible that and even then 
you have color profiles in that camera that exactly. you use to switch it up. There's no such thing as not editing a photograph. You'd have to use like a disposable camera only. Yeah. Because it's the only way you're going to get a snap and print. Yeah. Or you, like a... You have one color profile, you can't change it. Exactly. It exposes whatever way it is. They develop it. You get it back. Right. That's it. But I don't know. I don't think he edits... I don't think he edits his photo though. I think for him, the whole thing is like, you're only good if you can... I don't know if this is how he thinks exactly, but this is what it sounds like. It's like, you take the picture, and if it comes out good, then you're good. If not, then you have to keep practicing. But then again, there have also been times where he just kind of, like, takes photos, and some of them come out really good. Like, he took a sunrise photo that, I don't know if he, he has it, like, printed out really big. I don't know if it's edited or not. It doesn't look like it. And it came out really nice, so, like, it can happen. But I don't think you should go up to someone and say, oh, you edited your photo. You're not a real photographer. Yeah, Like, no. that doesn't make any sense. That's, like, yeah, that's, like, the same type of thing that's, like, when animation movies came out, right? Mm-hmm. Like, as a filmmaker, when, like, when films started changing and stuff like that, people were like, that's not real movies. Yeah. It's like, no, it's movies. It's all movies. We just have different methods exactly. of conducting how we make our movies and what we want them. It may not be for you, right. but that doesn't make it not what it is. But isn't that the whole point of like being creative and yeah. like the process of being an artist? Is the like variety. You're, you're learning new things. You learn new ways to do what you want to do. And as long as you're creating and you're happy with what you're creating, I don't see why there's a problem with it. I don't either. I don't either. I've never understood people who saw other arts as lesser or other ways of doing art as like that's lesser art or anything like that it's always frustrated me because I feel like if anything what you're doing is you're discouraging people Mm -hmm. from like wanting to be creative just because they have maybe a different idea of how to be creative than you do Mm -hmm. which is not something I condone in any way shape or form it doesn't get you anywhere. No. And it if just anything, makes it harder. If anything, it just produces samey, boring, mm-hmm. uniform art. Right. Which is dumb. Why would you ever do that? <laughs> Can you imagine if a professional phot- photographer never touched up their photos at all? You, like, photos would be bland. Like, they would be so boring. Even if, even if you barely edit a photo, even if all you do is bring out... Like, you bring up the exposure and you play around with the color a little bit. Like, it can still make a drastic difference. Yeah. It can make take a good photo for, to a great photo. Like, I was editing a beach photo the other day. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do that much to it because it was already, like, it was already okay. I didn't need to do anything crazy. But even just the difference of, like, doing what I did, I was like, this is so much better. <laughs> everything's brighter. Everything's, you know, prettier to look at. It just helps. Of the cameras that you've used to take photos, you've used film cameras, you've used Polaroids, you've used multiple digital cameras. Mm-hmm. What has been your favorite camera to use? The Canon camera that Biff had us use for digital photography. Oh, the T3i? That was, out of the ones I've used, that was such a good camera. Yeah. Like, it, w- it was just, it was so helpful because it had the, had the screen you could flip out mm-hmm. and look at. It, um... When you were shooting, I think in manual, it would show you what the picture was gonna look at. So like if you mess, if you change the ISO or anything, 
and you like held down the button before you took it, it would show you what the picture was gonna come out. Uh, okay, so like yeah. you could change it, you could change the settings as you needed to. Yeah. I don't know, it was just so user friendly and nice to use. Yeah. And I feel like I took some really good pictures on that camera. That's definitely one of the things I appreciate about digital cameras now. Like I have a GH5, which is like a cinema camera, mm-hmm. but takes photos. And that's like one of the things I appreciate the most is like I can live view what this photograph is going to look like before I take it. Exactly. And I can make sure that I'm like, okay, I'm going to take this and it's going to look like this when it comes out and I know what I can do with that. That's very helpful. Unlike with, I mean, with black and white photo, you have a light meter, mm-hmm. which I only very recently learned how to read. <laughs> Sometimes that. You think it's going to be okay, and then it's not okay. And then it's not okay. No. It's, like, unreliable. <laughs> exactly. It's like, okay, I think... I would just try and get the two buttons to meet as much as possible, and then the pictures usually came out decent. <laughs> but if it was, like, separated, I'm like, this picture's going to be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. But, yeah, I, I think that one is probably my favorite camera so far. Nice, nice. It's very sad giving it back. I was like, can I buy it off of you? <laughs> Do you think when you grow up you'll be a Canon shooter? When you start, when you have money to like buy a new camera? I think so. I think that might be. Like right now I have a Nikon. It's my dad's old one. And um, I'm going to need to upgrade at some point. So when I do, I think I might look for a Canon. Yeah. Very affordable. The Rebel line. Yeah. It's like, like the T3i, the T6i, T7i. Very affordable. DSLR cameras for people. Yeah. And you have like APS-C size sensor, so like it's it's interesting just to do. I really want to like I feel like in terms of getting a camera, I always have to think about video. Yeah, cuz when I'm doing it because I can't both. yeah, cuz I can't and I can't really afford to like have both mm-hmm. a shooter, a picture shooter and a video shooter. I'm thinking about uh, what my upgrade will be in the future. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking about um, getting a Panasonic S1H, which is like four thousand dollars. <laughs> wow! But it does. But it's basically like, and just the ultra beefed up full frame version of my camera because I have a Micro Four Thirds sensor mm. um, on my camera, which is like fine. It's just not as good for like low light or. Um, like like a shallow focus shallow depth of field yeah but like you can kind of fix that with just having lenses and stuff like that and getting speed boosters and stuff like that which i'd really like to have a speed booster so i can like step up to an ef mount mm-hmm. and like get better exposure and then do like use canon glass and stuff like that but that's what i'm thinking about but also it shoots like 6k and like 4k like 60 and like i don't know it has all the video stuff i want so yeah and i kind of don't i kind of don't know if i want to step away from panasonic right now mm-hmm. because i guess in terms of cheaper video options i could go to like the black magic pocket cinema 6k but i have to like learn how to color grade that differently because mm-hmm. it uses a different log profile. It uses Blackmagic RAW. Like, I don't know. 
I almost feel like I want to stay with Panasonic because I like how things are set up, or at least I'm used to how things are set up. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. That's true. You just start want, the process all yeah, over again. Yeah. But I'd also want a picture shooter, too. So, and I don't know if the Black Magic Pocket Cinema does that. Mm. But yeah. But anyway, any final thoughts about photography? Anything you'd like to share with people? Maybe photographers listening on the podcast? so much pressure (laughs) Um, I'm just excited to keep going with it and seeing where I can go from here I have a lot to learn I have so much to learn where where can the people find you where can the people find me yes oh like my Instagram yeah yeah yeah. oh it's my Instagram is photo album of mine and I share pictures there sometimes Um, it's great one of the best Instagrams have to say no <laughs> it's all right it's all right I don't know. i'm thinking about like i'm a psych major and i'm an art major right now but i'm thinking of when i graduate i might just not do psych anymore i might just go for art i have no idea where i'm currently working on that but i don't know i think i grew up in an environment where it was like being creative always is supposed to come second you're supposed to have a, a, a job that makes you the money. And then, you know, if you want, you can also do something creative. Like, they would encourage it, but it's also like, okay, this is your, this can't be your main plan. This is a hobby. Exactly. And it gets relegated to that. Or you have to have a plan B. You can't focus all your attention on this because then it's not going to work. So, it, someone's mad. Wow. Um, anyways, it took me until very recently to realize that being creative, I think, is something that I need. It's not just a hobby. Mm-hmm. It's like I need it for my life to feel not as bleak or boring. Yeah. Like, things just get so boring when I'm only focused on schoolwork and when I'm not making things. Like, this past semester sucked because my whole life was papers and everything, so. Yeah. I'm under the uh, school of thought that having a plan B means that you are preparing for plan B. Exactly. And not plan A. Because people who always have a plan B, they never actually make it with the plan A. If you want that to be your... your you can't give yourself a fallback. Exactly. You just have to do what you want. Because that makes you try harder. Because yeah. you're like, this is it. This is what I have to... This is my end game. Yeah. So, I think I'm starting... I have to learn how to not be so scared to just go with the creativity yeah I also have to realize that that's gonna mean having a lot of fun conversations in the future or not so fun conversations but in the end I mean it's, it's worth it in the end it's uh you have to kind of take care of you with this stuff yeah and you keep doing things so I mean I've made this mistake before I'm making this mistake right now in doing things to please other people and then just being absolutely depressed and just hating your so it never gets you anywhere no it doesn't because they keep telling me like oh just try a little longer try a little longer with the psych stuff and even though i'm I'm, i feel like i've tried for three years (laughs) oh my gosh i'm I'm ready to just like drop out right now and just never go back to school again (laughs) um but i'm also like two classes away from getting my associates so it feels kind of stupid to stop two classes away i might as well just get the but now you have the choice about where to go for like your 
bachelor's and exactly. stuff. Exactly. Like, the associates will come in handy to get a job to pay for art school. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm thinking. But, yeah. I don't know. It's scary to decide to have your life revolve around being creative. Because even though that's more acceptable now, I feel like it's still... You still meet people that look at you weird yeah. when you talk about it. It's like, Especially. oh, you're going to art school? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah, Like, exactly. you can't do anything with a photography degree. You're not going to make any money doing that. And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Are you going to make any money being a doctor? <laughs> Nothing's guaranteed. No. Nothing's guaranteed anymore. I feel like what's most important is, like, just being happy with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you want to live comfortably. Right. And it's great if what you love doing is something you can make money off of. Mm-hmm. But, like... You shouldn't sacrifice having a fulfilled life for the approval of other people or for a, pay- a paycheck. Yeah. Because then you're going to look back on your life and be like, wow, I sure made everyone else happy, but I was miserable the whole time. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, what's the point? I feel like that's something I've learned a lot recently, having, especially in the last year, like, really amping up, like, how creative I am Mm -hmm. and how much I try and focus on doing things I want to do. Yeah. And being like, yeah, you just kind of can't. The second you start thinking about, the second you get into, like, just playing the number game, mm-hmm. is, like, the second your life, like, starts to fall apart a little bit. Exactly. And you feel just stressed out, and then you're just, like, just unhappy. Yeah. So, I don't know, I'm hoping I can work towards that. I thought it was uh, possible to do both, but what I'm realizing is that the psychology is way more time-consuming than art is, so I'm not able to get to where I would like to be and then that that makes people be like oh well, you're not even it's like you barely touch your camera and I'm like yeah not by choice but just because like I have no freaking time <laughs> like, I barely touch my camera because I spend literally all day writing papers <laughs> literally I feel like I lived in front of my laptop this past semester yeah. and yet I did not read one single chapter from any textbook <laughs> and I had three psych classes that's bad. That's not good. <laughs> so yeah, I need to change some stuff. But I'm excited for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be good. Well, thank you for having this conversation with me. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh, of course. Always. You're welcome back anytime. Um, mm-hmm. It's been really great talking about this. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. It's been nice to actually, like, hear some of your thoughts in depth on some stuff. Yeah. So, obviously, you guys can find her at photo underscore album underscore of underscore mine on Instagram. Yep. You guys can always follow me at Cat Duardo, C-A-T-D-U-A-R-D-O. Such a simpler name. Yeah. (laughs) I got lucky. And, um... We post photographs there, and uh, if you guys have any emails you want to send us, uh, at agooddeathfilms at gmail.com, and you can also follow us on Instagram at a underscore good underscore death underscore films uh, on Instagram. So many underscores. Yeah, I hate it. I'm trying to figure out how to, like, shorten that name. Dude, it's because Instagram makes it so hard. Yeah, they do make it so hard. Um but yeah but thank you guys so much thank you this was fun yeah thank you thank you so much for being on and uh 
we'll see you guys really well i'll see you guys really soon mm-hmm. uh in future podcasts while while you guys are maybe listening to this maybe you're thinking about something else to listen to the 10th episode of Papa Progressive has now been uploaded onto the podcast, and I know you guys are really, really excited for that show, um, because mm-hmm. it's the show that gets literally the most listens out of any other show on this freaking podcast. This is a good show. Yes. You and guys if, have interesting conversations. And if you guys have never heard of it, it's basically where I and my father, also named Eduardo, talk about politics and history and what we, and our take of what's going on in the world with certain things. We just did a whole episode on this intro to the general Soleimani killing and uh the possibility of world war three starting so it was a very fun conversation (laughs) and uh yeah go listen to that and uh with that we'll see you guys next time Mm -hmm. bye bye